this is the old show feed for the LGBTQ podcast that gives you news and views from a non-straight perspective. We took the eight out of the name, so the podcast was renamed Not Straightcast, all spelled out as of episode 32. The last episode on this old feed is episode 35. Episode 36 and beyond are now located on the new feed. All the links are located on our website, notstraightcast.com, where you can search for Not Straightcast in your favorite podcast app. Also, visit notstraightworld.com for links to all of our websites. If ensuring speed and security for your websites is a top priority for you, then search no further than Vox Onyx's shared website hosting plans. Vox Onyx uses SSD-powered servers and provides numerous site acceleration tools that will make your websites load noticeably faster. Additionally, Vox Onyx has deployed ZFS data storage to shield your website contents from corruption. Also, Voxonix will manage the task of migrating all the websites you need to their system at no cost to you. Get started with a free 30-day trial. You don't even need a credit card at voxonix.com. That's V-O-X-O-N-X.com. Afterwards, it's only $4.42 per month. Visit voxonix.com to get started now. The podcast that gives you news and views from a not straight perspective. This is Not Straight Cast 17 for July 1st, 2021. Welcome to Not Straight Cast. I'm Joe Krynock. And I'm apparently still Jason Bailey. How are you, Joe? I'm good. Man. I, I, I noticed that you had changed your name in the script last week and I and I printed it out before you did that, and I never realized that you had changed it, so that's why you said my name instead of your name. Well, we decided to to stop messing with one another and call a truce and stop trying to prank each other within the script, so I just figured each week I would just screw with my own name. Oh, I see. <laughs> but, but you didn't this week, unless you changed your name, and now you're using your old name in the script. Never mind. Anyways, how yeah. are you? How are you? I'm hot. Yes. Oh my God. Oh, I'm actually sitting here in a pair of shorts. That's it. No I'm shirt on. S- yeah. My hairy s- chest. Glowing. <laughs> you got your titties out. The guys are swooning. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, I'm wearing a pair of swim trunk, like mesh shorts, uh, and a, a tank top. And I'm sitting directly in front of the air conditioner. It's blowing on me right now. I have a fan blowing to the front of me and a fan blowing to the back of me. Yet you'll never hear it in the podcast because of a good noise filter now. So nice. <laughs> it eliminates AC noise, fan noise, everything. So yeah, I appreciate that because now that means I can have my my air conditioner is on and loud right now, about two feet from my microphone. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you'll, you'll probably hear mine whenever we're recording this, but I, uh, I don't hear yours at all. Actually, shockingly. It's crazy. Uh, we were just talking before the podcast. Uh, we'll kind of continue this conversation very briefly uh, about uh, roommates and uh, all of that sort of stuff, trying to navigate keeping the apartment cool while other people are like opening windows and doing things like that. And it's like, no, don't open the window. The air conditioner is on. And like the moment that, that you go near that window, it's just hot air pouring in. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you know, you tell the roommate, hey, okay, if the air conditioner is on, either open this door and leave the window closed or close the door and open the window so there's some airflow in the room because the room doesn't have any ventilation in it other than that window. Right, yeah. So, you know, yet, no, they leave the window open and the door open, so all the AC is now flowing out that window and I'm cooling the whole entire neighborhood. Absolutely. And yeah, you know, a good job at it. If I'm this miserable in Pittsburgh in July, oh. I'm really glad that I don't live in like Arizona or, you know, something like that. It is 94 degrees here right now on the Tuesday when we're recording this. And it's speaking, also super muggy. But anyway. Yeah. And speaking of Tuesdays. um, So uh, we've been talking about this uh, 
not straight cast $50 amazon.com gift card giveaway. Yeah. I screwed up a little bit here. I realized. Not, oh, okay. Not badly. Okay. So let's see here. Okay. We're recording this on Tuesday. The contest ends at the end of the month. The end of the month is tomorrow. <laughs> oh, no. So we don't know who the winner is yet. We won't know until um, about seven days after that. So on the next podcast, we'll announce it there. But actually, you'll be able to find out on Facebook uh, later on on Wednesday or Thursday as to who the winner is. So um, also, you'll probably get an email, too, with an Amazon gift card attached to it. So you'll know if you won. <laughs> That's fantastic. And speaking of Facebook, if you have not yet followed us, I know that we go over this at the end of the show, but uh, we are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. Uh, follow us on there uh, just in case things like this happen. Yeah. Joe screws up, basically. <laughs> <laughs> also, too, uh, between now and June 9th, you can nominate us for the Best of Pittsburgh in the uh, Pittsburgh City paper, Best of Pittsburgh 2021 competition. So there's a uh, banner on our website. We also have a Facebook post about it there as well. And to and, whoever nominated us, thank you. Because yes. it wasn't it wasn't one of us. Somebody out there nominated us uh, for uh, this category, and it is much appreciated. I'm Absolutely. glad you like us. Yeah, just the fact that we're nominated to be nominated is an honor in itself. You know, so. it means that people are listening. People, yeah, <laughs> singular Pe person is listening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> somebody likes us. I know. Thank God. Anyways. <laughs> Because you know we don't like ourselves, but anyways. <laughs> oh, I like myself. I, uh, I'm, I'm joking. I'm, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you like yourself at least. So, anyways. <laughs> so you uh, had another uh, camping trip this weekend, from what I hear. Oh yeah. So, yeah. all right. So I'm I'm not going to say the name of this campground because I've committed to returning to it one time. I will say it though. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Go I, ahead. I've I've committed to going back one time. Uh, okay. So I don't want to say the name of the campground, yeah. but so a friend of mine hit me up over the weekend or I, we decided to go out to this campground just for the night. I, I had never been to it. I had only ever been to Camp Davis and uh, here in Western Pennsylvania. Yeah. And so I decided, you know, why not? I, I actually got really excited. I wanted to see this new campground. I heard that it was bigger. I heard that they had more stuff, you know, so I was pretty excited. I've heard it's a lot raunchier. Um, a That's little what bit. I've heard, but a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So we go, uh, it's about an hour and a half drive and uh, we're talking and the person that I was with had been telling me about all of their previous times. I guess they've been going quite a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, they were talking about the manager and, you know, they know the manager and they'd been hanging out with the manager uh, and all of that kind of stuff. So because of this conversation, I feel as though they're good in with the, with the manager. Yeah. They, they know what's going on at this campground. They've been there quite a bit. So we get to the campground. Yeah. Right? So, 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 so you feel like you're going to go there and you're going to be welcome with open arms. Hey, how are you? I heard about you, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what happened next? So we get to the campground and the first thing that you have to do, it's the same thing as Camp Davis. You have to stop at the office and you have to check in. I suspect that's pretty standard at all of this type of campground. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But there was nobody at the office. Uh, and the person that I was with was like, yeah, the manager, he, you know, he's out running around all the time. This happens quite a bit. Uh, it's not abnormal. So we're going to just go and uh, take a look to see where we can put our tents. And then I'll come back in a little bit and get him paid whenever he's back at the office. So that sounded reasonable to me. Yeah, I absolutely. I don't know what their policies are. I don't know if uh, if that's pretty standard. I do know at Camp Davis, that does happen quite a bit. Brian, the owner of Camp Davis, He's out, you know, cleaning the pool and cleaning. Yeah. Uh, he's running cabins. around doing stuff. Yeah. yeah. So he's not always there. And so it's kind of like, hey, when I yeah. see you, I see you kind of thing. Yeah. It's very informal. It's not a huge campground. Right. You know, so you know, right. you'll eventually run into him. Yeah. So uh, we go into the camp and we park and I get out of the car and I was like, hey, I'm going to have a cigarette. I hadn't had a cigarette in a while. So I'm going to have a cigarette. Mm -hmm. And my friend was like, yeah, go ahead and just chill there. I'm going to look for a spot for the tent. 
So I'm leaning up against the car, having a cigarette, and this super angry guy rolls up in a golf cart and parks like maybe like 20, 30 yards away from me. So not like talking distance, but yelling distance. Yeah. And he gets out of his golf cart and he goes, what the fuck do you think you're doing? Wow. Yeah. And I, that's a nice welcome, huh? Yeah. I didn't, Who the fuck do you think you are? Yeah. <laughs> so at first I didn't realize that he was talking to me. Why would he be talking to me? You know? Yeah. If he's that, like kind of, you know, that far away, you know? Yeah. And so I'm kind of like looking down and I look up and I see that he's staring straight into my eyes and he says it again. He's like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? And I just, the only thing that like I could think to mutter was, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You're just kind of like taken aback by, you know, yeah. rudeness, you know? And he's like, well, you're about to fucking leave is what you're about to do. And I was like, okay. And at that point, my friend comes back from well, where God. they were and was like, it's just me. You know, this, this guy's with me. You weren't at the office. We were going to come back and pay. He's like, well, I'm here now get in the golf cart. So they get in the golf cart and go back to the office and get everything squared up. And I'm just kind of like, well, what the, I don't want to be here anymore. And also yeah. like during his yelling at me, uh-huh. all of the campers were like staring at me. Yeah. And I'm like, just kind of like, yeah. Good way to welcome you there, huh? Yeah. Get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> so there's Hello, goodbye. Yeah. So there's like an event there that night. It was leather night and there was a big dance party and everybody was all grouped up around the pool. And you're standing in the corner. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just kind of like standing in the corner. The that, that, of the group. <laughs> that manager guy was was there at that party the whole time. I. Uh, and I was just like, am I going to do something wrong that he's going to flip out about again? Like, you know, yeah. because there were other things that I was told from my friend that I now didn't know whether I could trust. For instance, the hot tub closes at midnight. Okay. But I was, <laughs> I was told that you're, generally you're, you're not allowed in the hot tub, are you? <laughs> well, no, I was told that generally it's, it's, it's like the, the rule that the hot tub is supposed to close at midnight, but people go in the hot tub after midnight anyway. And the manager okay. doesn't care. Well, now I'm like, it's like 1230 and I kind of want to get in the hot tub. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I can trust what I've been told now. Breaking the <laughs> law, I mean? Jason. Breaking yeah. the law. <laughs> but yeah, and he never apologized. We were near each other a number of times that night. Never apologized. As a matter of fact, he never looked at me or acknowledged me again after that. And I was just kind of like, well, wow. I don't, you know, it was awful. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. It's just kind of like, you know, just one small little thing like that can completely ruin your experience somewhere. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and, you know, it might be a little bit bigger than Camp Davis and it has like a hot tub, which Camp Davis doesn't have. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. When I left Camp Davis, uh, after the first time that I was there, I felt like I had found a beautiful sanctuary and I couldn't stop talking about how awesome it was. Yeah. Now, this campground is not Roseland, as you might think. Um, so no, not, it not is Roseland. Also, it is also an hour and a half away from Pittsburgh. So do the uh, math. Gotcha. You'll probably be able to figure it out. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, I have been never treated with anything but open arms whenever I go up to Roseland, you know. Yeah. First off, it's a bitch to get up there, you know, but usually when you go up there, it's like, it's more like the owner's like, Hey, how are you? You know, uh, kind of thing, you know, cause well, you know, if you found that there, you're there for a reason and it's a yeah. good reason, you know, that you're well, going to spend some time there. I felt the same way about camp Davis, uh, Brian, yeah. the mm-hmm. owner and I had talked on the phone multiple times before my arrival there. When I got there, he was like, Oh, it's you, Jason. It was so nice to finally meet you. And yeah, if there's anything that you need, let me know. Let me put you in my golf cart and show you exactly where you're staying. And you know, all that uh-huh. kind of stuff. I uh, and uh so the, a huge difference between these two experiences. Yeah, you know, it, it's just um these damn Ohioans. I think they're just crazy. They vote for Trump. Drive there were nuts. There were a lot of uh, flags flying on, like, once I got into Ohio that said, don't blame me. I voted for Trump. Oh, Jesus Christ. And I'm just like, where in the hell am I? (laughs) (laughs) 
But um, anywho, um, I think we've rambled on long enough here. Are we ready for the news? No. <laughs> well, okay. Too bad. Okay. Starting off with the news here, we have um, two follow-ups to deal with here. They're both, um, I guess, I mean, the first one's really good news. So we had talked about how Pulse Nightclub, they're trying to make that a memorial. Yeah. U.S. President Joe Biden has signed a law that designates Pulse Nightclub in Orlando, the scene of a deadly mass shooting in 2016, as a national memorial site. So at the White House signing ceremony, Mr. Biden called again for gun reforms. He said just over five years ago, the Pulse Nightclub, a place of acceptance and joy, became a place of unspeakable pain and loss. It will never fully recover from it, but we'll remember. Earlier this month, uh, he marked the fifth anniversary in a statement that referred to Pulse as hallowed ground. He also claimed that um, he had stayed in contact with survivors and victims' families, several of whom were present on Friday at the White House for the event. So there are plans to transform the site of the former nightclub into a permanent memorial site, which will include an open-air museum, a reflecting pool, as well as an education center with gardens in a public plaza. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, good news there. I'm glad that all passed through there and got up to President Biden's desk for a signature. Yeah. So the second follow-up, uh, that's about the Trump train guy who uh, skidded across the intersection. Remember him? Yeah. The Florida State Attorney's Office will review the case of a man accused of burning two 15-foot-long skid marks into the new LGBTQ pride intersection crosswalk in Delray Beach in Fort Lauderdale to determine whether he'll face an enhanced charge of a hate crime. So Florida's new past law makes it a third-degree felony if someone willfully and maliciously defaces, injures, or otherwise damages by any means a memorial or historic property. Um, so the streetscape itself is a memorial defined as a painting and a permanent display dedicated to residents. Also, too, new details have also emerged when a witness who had met with the drivers of around 30 vehicles for a President Trump birthday rally before the vandalism occurred, told detectives that he had heard another man scream to the driver of the Chevrolet pickup, something to the effect of, tear up that gay intersection. The incident <laughs> occurred on June 14th, which was Trump's 75th birthday. Witnesses told investigators they saw uh, Jared, who was the guy who was charged with uh, defacing the, uh, the painting, do what appeared to be an intentional burnout with his vehicle, over the LGBTQ Pride crosswalk at the intersection of Northeast 1st Street and Northeast 2nd Avenue, according to his arrest report. So the video, which has gone viral at this point here, shows a pickup with a blue all aboard the Trump train flag flying from the rear of the truck. The truck's maneuver caused the vehicle to damage the streetscape painting significantly. Another witness provided the smartphone video of the crime. Uh, Jerich turned himself in to the Delray Beach Police Department, and he was charged with criminal mischief over $1,000, reckless driving, and evidence of prejudice, felony enhancement. So, uh, you know, all aboard the Trump train the jail, really, you know? Yeah, I know, right? So, you know, th while you were reading that, it got me thinking that there are gays for Trump, right? Uh, why? Yeah, why would they <laughs> want to be affiliated with a group that when when these people see a rainbow painted onto a ground, that's their first instinct is to destroy it. You know, it's just absolutely hatred, you know? It's yeah. Like, they don't care the about you. Alone. Yeah. They don't care about you gays for Trump. You're yeah. in the wrong party. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, if the Republican party actually like stood for what they're supposed to stand for. Yeah. I could understand that, you know? And I think a lot of the gays that are Republicans, believe maybe in smaller government i can understand that argument yeah but the problem is is that the republican party has gone so far outside of where they should be right that yeah i mean i can understand how anybody in their right mind can actually be a republican unless they want things to be back into the 1950s which pretty much just equates to them being racist assholes yeah exactly but go ahead <laughs> all right so speaking of um of crazy racist assholes and uh, whack jobs and lots of other things that we could be calling these people, the QAnon people. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the story is great. I tell you what. Yeah. All right. 
So uh, both QAnon and longtime supporters of President Donald Trump criticized his Saturday night speech in Wellington, Ohio, accusing him of the same old, same old grievances against Democrats and his 2020 election loss to President Joe Biden. QAnon supporters, some of whom are the former president's most fanatical online backers, sent a barrage of messages through the Telegram app that expressed boredom and even anger at the speech Trump described as the very first rally of the 2022 election. They blasted Trump for not mentioning how his January 6th insurrection supporters are rotting in jail. And numerous others said Trump should be booed by the Ohio rally goers for even bringing up the word vaccine, specifically because they believe COVID-19 was entirely a hoax, of course. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, what's seriously? Yeah. But a majority yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and they're the ones getting COVID now. Now that I know. They, right. Yeah. They didn't get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Dinky ding dongs. Right. <laughs> All right, but a majority of the top QAnon user comments simply expressed their outright boredom with Trump's post-election stump speech in which he baselessly claimed to have won in November 2020 and blasted any dissenting GOP members as traitors. A QAnon user named Jacob wrote, I'm 100% with the dude, but literally switched from his speech three minutes ago. I'm done with his speeches. Judging by the Trump supporting normies I live with, they were bored with his speech, wrote another QAnon user. I support Trump, but this is getting ridiculous. Another person writes, love President Trump, but if I'm being honest, it's a lot of the same old, same old we've heard a thousand times before. Some of Trump's more mainstream critics and former supporters also appeared to have grown tired of the former president using his rally platform to blast the same figures, such as House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Ohio GOP Congressman Anthony Gonzalez. Trump also painted a dire picture of the current state of America, claiming that the country is falling apart without his so-called leadership. Murders, rapes, rioting, looting, stolen elections happening everywhere, all the time, nonstop in America. Nothing but carnage. Everywhere you look, Trump said Saturday night, prompting former Illinois GOP Congressman Joe Walsh to quote him, adding, that's about it. I'm going to go play with the dogs. Several political pundits accused Trump of being unable to read off his teleprompter during the Ohio rally speech Saturday night. The Bulwark publication noted that Trump even attacked U.S. military leaders. In one of the only original passages in his Ohio speech, he criticized woke generals and claimed that our military will be incapable of fighting and incapable of taking orders. America's military brass have become weak and ineffective leaders, the publication noted. Speaking of weak and ineffective leaders. Yeah, yeah. You got Trump right there. I mean, that's bad when your own are turning on you like that. You know, your most, <laughs> I know, right? Your most feverish, you know, COVID infected fans are turning on you to the point where they don't want to hear what you have to say anymore. Yeah. I mean, he's starting to lose his uh, grip on power, obviously. I mean, he still has a base of power, but you can tell fractures are starting to form in the whole entire scheme of things here well i have a little bit of a theory and I'll of course ahead, yeah. it might not be correct it's just a theory it's probably more correct than trump ever would be yeah uh since he's not on twitter and since he's not on facebook he's not able to continuously over and over and over again keep his base hyped and brainwashed so now that they're experiencing gaps without him and with no new content and brainwashing from him, they're maybe coming a little bit more to their senses. And then when months go by and they finally hear from him again, and it's the same thing that they heard months ago, it's kind of like, uh, maybe this is getting old. I think you kind of hit it on the head there because if you're not constantly being reinforced it, you know, and then you're hearing this again, you know, after not yeah. hearing it for months, it's kind of like, oh, it's like a broken record. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of records. So Britney Spears conservatorship battle will continue in court 
in just over two weeks, but it seems unlikely she will win her freedom in the immediate future. So Brittany gave a raw, emotional speech to an L.A. judge on Wednesday, June 23rd, pleading for an end to the conservatorship that has governed her life since 2008, and that, she says, is highly abusive. Spears said that she wanted an immediate end to the arrangement which gives power over her personal and business decisions to individuals, including her father, Jamie Spears, as well as a corporate fiduciary service. In her emotional 23-minute address, Spears told the courtroom that her father loved to control to hurt his own daughter 100,000%. I truly believe this conservatorship is abusive, she added. I don't feel like I can live a full life. However, legal experts have said that in order for the conservatorship to end, certain steps must be taken. She still has the file to end the conservatorship. Chief legal analyst for ABC News, Dan Abrams, told Good Morning America this week. So that's legal step number one there. Spears told the judge that she hadn't been made aware that she could petition for the arrangement to be dissolved and that she wanted it to end without any further evaluation. Abrams called this a really big deal if it's true. I don't think that I owe anyone to be evaluated, Brittany said. I've done more than enough. I don't feel like I should even be in the room with anyone to offend me by trying to question my capacity of intelligence. However, Abrams said that the faster way to make the conservatorship end would be to comply with any evaluations. Speaking about her testimony, he added, I think the judge is going to come out of this saying, that was real. That was her. That wasn't written by anybody else. That's what she really thinks. There's going to be investigators, and there's going to be doctors, and there's going to be reports, but I think that this account from her is really going to matter to the judge. Scott Rom, a L.A.-based attorney and conservatorships expert, told The Guardian that the process can be a long one, potentially lasting years. By all accounts, it will depend on decisions that were made by Britney Spears, the court, and the conservatorship, including whether Spears is allowed to hire her own lawyer and whether her father challenges her wish to end the arrangement. Though Britney Spears' words were heard across the world this week, the next hearing is likely to be kept private. The day after her court appearance, the star took to Instagram to tell her fans, I apologize for pretending like I've been okay for the past two years. I did it because of my pride, and I was embarrassed to share what happened to me. Many have announced her support for her since her hearing. Britney's ex-boyfriend, Justin Timberlake, tweeted, We should all be supporting Britney at this time. And superstars Mariah Carey, Easley, Vera Wang, Missy Elliott, and Courtney Love all took to Twitter to express their support for Britney. This whole thing's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Did you hear about the fact that I guess she has an IUD in her? Really? And that she's not allowed to remove it? Oh, my God. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like you being locked up in a chastity belt, you know? Yeah. And me having the key. Oh, my God. I'm not giving it to you, Jason. <laughs> I, 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 I know better. I know what's best for you. And I also, I have to make a bunch of money that I have to give to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, where's my money, bitch? Oh, my God. That's that's ridiculous. <laughs> I know. Yeah, this story is absolutely crazy. I mean, the fact that she got into that, I mean, because I'm assuming this all happened after her mental breakdown. Yeah. Whole entire Chris Crocker, leave Britney alone thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Didn't didn't you watch the Netflix thingy? About what? The, all of this. It just came out like six months ago and everybody was talking about it. No, I haven't watched it yet. I will go and watch it, though. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Now I remember what you're talking about. OK. Yeah, it was it was very, very good. It's not super long either. So it's not like you're you're giving up a giant chunk of time. Uh, but yeah. That's my problem. I don't have any giant chunks of time anymore. Just put it on in the background. I'm about ready to, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only way I'm going to be able to get through movies, TV shows, everybody watches. I feel like I'm getting farther and farther behind. Yeah. Yeah, It's there's a lot. I have cable as well as all of the streaming services. Mm -hmm. Uh, So now you're just even paying more than you used to, right? Yeah, that's true. But... I don't get like if I'm at home watching a movie or something like that, I don't get the FOMO and feel the need to go out. So that's good. True. Very true. So um, anyways, um, I think we're ready for a break, aren't we? Huh? Yeah, let's take a break. So coming up next, we discuss a queer valedictorian's awesome graduation speech. Peppermint Patty as a queer icon. 
and a gay Republican moment of conclusion as Not Straight Cast continues after this. If ensuring speed and security for your websites is a top priority for you, then search no further than Vox Onyx's shared website hosting plans. Vox Onyx uses SSD-powered servers and provides numerous site acceleration tools that will make your websites load noticeably faster. Additionally, Vox Onyx has deployed ZFS data storage to shield your website contents from corruption. Also, Voxonics will manage the task of migrating all the websites you need to their system at no cost to you. Get started with a free 30-day trial. You don't even need a credit card at voxonyx.com. That's V-O-X-O-N-X.com. Afterwards, it's only $4.42 per month. Visit voxonyx.com to get started now. Welcome back to Not Straight Cast, number 17. It's hard to believe we're coming up towards 20, huh? I know, right? Yeah. I kind of want to I kind of want to throw in what I said during the break, just kind of add to it a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah, so when we went to break, I said to Joe, you know, I just thought about something else about this campground from the beginning of the show. Okay. Uh, What's going they, on here now? It's there like did were, they call you and yell at you? There were hundreds of people there, literally hundreds. I I didn't see a single black or Asian person. And so I didn't necessarily think about it at the time, but I've been thinking about this every day since then. Like, why is that? That's weird. There was no diversity. It was just white people. So I wonder if like, it was just a coincidence or is this camp not hospitable to diversity or uh, it's just something I've, I've been thinking about. Like I'm, I'm going to have to see next time I go and, and keep my eye out, but it's just like, why is that? Like, <laughs> you know, are you sure you were at a gay camp or are you sure you were at the right camp? Oh, I was definitely, <laughs> it was definitely a gay camp, but yeah, this sounds anything but gay. Yeah. It's just, it's so, it's so weird. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's, something i've been thinking about so uh you know we were talking about trump in the last uh segment of the show here mm-hmm. and uh a politico article popped up on my phone while we were recording and while i was waiting for jason to come back from taking a pee of course mm-hmm. thank god you can pee again anyways um yeah and they were talking about like this guy who wrote this article had spent 24 hours with the whole entire trump train and um he said something interesting he said um you know, it seems like things are a little different now, you know, where once his supporters were hopeful, they now seem grieved. The crowds are more frenzied. The conspiracy is more f- fantastical and the cast of characters more outlandish. And uh, that really seems to be true, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know how they all think that Trump's still president? Yeah. I was thinking, you know, let them believe that. Then when Joe Biden's term is almost over, be like, hey, guess what? You were actually president the whole time. And because you were president the whole time, you can't run again. <laughs> that's my but, theory on how to fix this so i don't think trump's gonna run in 2024 i think he's just make a lot of noise you know yeah that's gonna be he's, it he's gonna be like close to 80 yeah I, uh, I i don't see how he really would want to i don't think he wanted yeah. to actually win the first time yeah and not only is he going to be close to 80 he could also be potentially dead from old age by then <laughs> <laughs> or from the Diet Coke or McDonald's or KFC that he just keeps pumping into his body. Yeah. It's not like he's the healthiest eater in the world. You yeah, know? absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I'm done talking about Trump. You want to get back into the news? Let's go ahead and get back into the news. All right. The queer valedictorian of a New Jersey high school said his graduation speech was cut short by a school administrator who did not want the top student to talk about his LGBTQ identity or mental health struggles. Bryce Dersham shared his story with NBC Philadelphia and said he felt censored by an administrator's efforts to halt his speech. In a video of the remarks that Dersham's father uploaded to YouTube, 
the principal, dressed in black academic regalia, can be seen stepping behind Dersham at the podium before his microphone is suddenly silenced. The principal then steps behind the podium and grabs Dersham's paper. Dersham said the principal crumpled the paper and then pointed to the speech that he had written for me and told me that I was to say that and nothing else. Shortly after the administrator tried to force Dersham to read pre-approved remarks, another figure came up to him and handed him a replacement microphone. Instead of picking up from the school's approved speech, Dersham picks up from where he left off from memory to cheers from the crowd. Believe in yourself, class of 2021, Dersham said as he finished the speech. Each and every one of you is enough. Each and every one of you can and will change this world. In an interview with NBC News on Thursday, Dersham said he hoped his speech would help to make people feel less alone. For the longest time, I never believed I was enough, Dersham said. If I had heard someone say these words when I was younger, it might have helped me. School administrators told NBC News that students are guided by the principal through the speech writing process, and all speeches are approved beforehand. Dersham explained that during the staff writing process, he was told the speech was not his therapy session, and all mentions of queerness and mental health struggles were removed. In a statement, the school superintendent said, no student was asked to remove their personal identity from any speech before or during graduation. Well, it sounds like to me that, you know, they got caught, and then, the, and then they have to cover up their tracks there, you know? Yeah, it sounds to me like the superintendent's a stinky poo-poo liar. Well, you know what, also, too, it's like you finally get a yes, Queen, whenever um, they uh, he uh, picked up his speech from memory. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> of course, principal's like, you sly asshole, you know? <laughs> yeah, they tried to pass it off as like a microphone error. And while yeah. they're while they're transferring from old microphone to new microphone and nobody can hear anything, uh-huh. the principal's like, look, bitch, you need to read this pre-approved statement. And then the dude yeah. gets his new microphone and just continues <laughs> on where he left off. What does he care? He's graduated. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, like, what are they going to do with his diploma? He's going to exa- sue them. That's exactly yeah. what I was just thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, it's uh, just really, you know, it's like, you know. This is their one point here. I mean, if he's a valedictorian, he has the right to make that speech. Yeah, absolutely. And he's got nothing to lose. Like, he walks off that stage and never has to step foot on that campus or see any of mm-hmm. those people ever again. Anyways, uh, talking about uh, school kids here. What? <laughs> There's <laughs> never been. What? Are you laughing at my segue? Yeah, it's just a weird transition. All right, go ahead. Talking about school kids. There's never been a character quite like Peppermint Patty. That's the transition, Jason. That makes sense, doesn't it? I, 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 I guess so. Speaking of kids who will never graduate high school there, do you want that one? <laughs> that's, 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 that's a little better. Go ahead. Okay. So speaking of kids who have never graduated high school, there's never been a character quite like Peppermint Patty. So when the fiercely outspoken and athletic young girl was introduced in Charles Schultz's Peanuts comics in August of 1966, she was an abnormality. She came from a single-parent home, was bad at school, good at sports, and didn't wear dresses. The origins of Peppermint Patty and the rest of the Peanuts gang are explored in a new Apple TV Plus documentary, Who Are You, Charlie Brown?, which is now streaming. If you think about how female cartoon characters were portrayed on the comics page when Peppermint Patty came on the scene, they were usually the foils of their husbands like Blondie or Beetle Bailey, says cartoonist Paige Braddock, who serves as the chief creative officer at Charles M. Schultz's Creative Associates. So along comes this young female character who's kind of a tomboy and charting her own path. This was very groundbreaking and opened the door to other comic creators to do more unique female characters. Schultz, who died in 2000 at age of 77, named Peppermint Patty after the candy bar and his cousin, Patricia Swanson. But the documentary also reveals how the character was modeled after trailblazing tennis champ Billie Jean King, who Schultz greatly admired and befriended in the early 70s. I don't think that Peppermint Patty was directly inspired initially by Billy G. King, Braddock said, but certainly his friendship with her informed a lot of the sports stuff that Peppermint Patty was into and her tenacity about doing well in sports. 
Peppermint Patty was also the best athlete of the peanut strip and once answered a teacher's question by saying the four seasons of the year are baseball, football, basketball, and hockey. Through the character, Schultz sparked an important dialogue about women in sports and gender equality on the field. He served on the board of directors of the King's Women's Sports Foundation and incorporated a multi-day Peanuts storyline in 1979 about Title IX, which prevented gender discrimination in schools. He was very fair-minded in person when it came to women having equal pay for sports and equal access, Braddock says. And in comics, he was a real game-changer. Before him, every comic on the college page was either gag-driven, humor-driven, or an adventure comic. Here's a guy all of a sudden doing a comic about kids really being honest about their feelings, in addition to social issues. In the nearly 55 years since Peppermint Patty joined the Peanuts crew, much has been written about the character as a queer icon. Despite Patty's secret crush on Charlie Brown, or Chuck, as she calls him, many people have joked and speculated that she and Marcy, her bookish sidekick, are romantically involved. For all of us who were tomboys as kids, who didn't necessarily want to play by the gender rules, Peppermint Patty and Marcy are standouts, Braddock says. I don't think there was any intentional messaging from Schultz about that, because he's of a different era, and I don't think he would even know, even thought about that. But that doesn't mean that people in the gay community don't find comfort in those characters or see themselves reflected back in those characters. And uh, as for why Marcy calls Peppermint Patty sir, there's really no clear explanation. I asked Schultz one time because to me that's just super funny, Braddock says. He jokingly turned to me and said, I have no idea. Marcy's a very strange little girl. That's awesome. Yeah. Penis is one of my favorite cartoons out there. I tell you what. Oh, yeah. I love Penis. Absolutely. Well, at the beginning of the article, it talks about uh, uh, female comic characters being portrayed a particular way. Uh, and that's absolutely true. In 1963, when X-Men came out, yes, mm-hmm. uh, it was a bunch of guys, you know, Beast, Angel, Cyclops, uh, Iceman, and then... They also added Jean Grey, and Jean Grey was just there to be appealing to young boys, so that there's like yeah, to sell magazines, right? Yeah, to sell magazines. Uh, she didn't have any really great unique powers. She had a lot of the same powers as Professor X. It's like they took Professor X's powers and just watered them down, gave them Put to Jean Grey. Huh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was just just to get boys interested or have something to look at uh titillate them as they say exactly it wasn't until like years later when they did the phoenix saga gene gray was uh possessed by a cosmic being and became the most powerful thing in existence uh and that was the first time she really got like a story or any power and wasn't just a a sex thing you know what i Mm -hmm. mean yeah, Charles Schultz was very ahead of his time. I tell you what. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, you know, he incorporated Franklin into the strip. Yeah. Back in the sixties during the civil rights, you know. Yeah. Here or there. So he had to be encouraged by the uh black community to to do that though, which he smartly did. Yeah. Know? And um, you know, he got a lot of crap over that, you know, but I'm glad he did it, you know. So, I mean, but definitely as I, I noticed as he got older, he got more introspective, you know. Right. Um, in regards there with his comic strips there, um, he eschewed the normal format of having, you know, like you would have four panels in a strip. Right. You know, they gave him more and more leeway to do it there. And yeah, it was um, a case there where definitely you could tell he, he knew his time was coming to an end. Yeah. You know, but he certainly enjoyed and he lived, you know, you know, peanuts, you know, it was, you know, definitely yeah something he loved doing there. And he definitely bowed out at the right moment there. Cause he's like, I can't do this anymore. You know? Right. And he just admitted that to everybody. And then, you know, it just happened. He ended up passing away right before the final Sunday strip was published. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, but his legacy lives on. There's a museum. Oh, nice. In California. You know, I definitely want to go visit sometime if I can ever get out there. I've never been to California. I've been all over the United States, never to California. Yeah, me too. It's kind of odd, but yeah, it's definitely one of the places I definitely want to go. Yeah. So absolutely. So guess what time it is, Joe? Um, I think it's time for the conclusion of moment. Yes.
Oh, are we not? Did we get rid of Deep Throat for this part? Were you here last week? I thought we were still using him for the moment of conclusion. I don't know why. Stuck in my head. No, he left. Oh, but anyway. He uh, left. Remember? He he quit. That's right. That's right. I forgot. I told him we wanted to keep him here, but no. That's okay, so right. I guess we have to do this again now, huh? No, we don't have to. The Not Straight Cast moment of conclusion. Yeah, there we go. That's better. Is that good? Yeah. So uh, was that an appropriate uh, interpretation of Deep Fruit? Well, uh, that's, or that's imitation as, of Deep Fruit. That's, that's as close as you're going to get. Also, for the people listening, when I was reading this script, I started reading the first couple of sentences and decided, you know what? I want to read this live for the first time when we're recording. So, so you'll I'll be editing the hell out of this. By the way. <laughs> you might be. Jason will screw up every this, paragraph. This yeah. looks like <laughs> this looks like a crazy story. So let's get into it. Right. Yes. Michael Deal is hardly the only human curiosity running to be the next senator from Arkansas. The gay Republican says that he will run against everything the party stands for in an attempt to prevent these radical right extremists from taking over a party that they already dominate. The competition so far <laughs> includes a formal, a former football player, a bigoted gun range owner who won't allow Muslims on her property and a gun loving pastor who thinks everyone has a right to own a tank. <laughs> the comp- he sounds sane, doesn't yeah, he? The, no, in comparison to these folks. The competition will be stiff. <laughs> uh, he says, if elected, I will be the first openly gay Republican senator elected to office, deal told the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Being gay and being a Republican, which is kind of a unicorn in this day and time, I felt like I could make a difference. The seat is currently held by Senator John Boozman. Uh, who is a Republican, a former Arkansas Razorbacks football player. Boozman has a history of voting against LGBTQ civil rights. Early on in his career, he co-introduced legislation to prohibit gay marriage. He said he attempted to define it within the Constitution. He proved to be soft on law and order by voting against a bill that would more strongly penalize people who attacked someone based on sexual orientation. He even voted against an anti-discrimination measure that affected members of the military. But Senator Boozman has not just been hostile towards the LGBTQ plus community. He voted against ratifying on an agreement that would protect the rights and dignity of persons with disabilities the year before he vocally opposed reauthorizing the Violence Against Women Act. Boy, this guy sounds like a piece of work, huh? Yeah, he's super duper. Deal will also face at least two other primary candidates. Jan Morgan, a gun range owner who reportedly does not allow Muslims on her property, and Heath Loftus, a Baptist minister who doesn't believe in the separation of church and state. Loftus is also a gun extremist and believes everyone has the right to own a tank. Okay, why not? Oh, it says that here in the tanks. Why not? Loftus writes on his websites. The right to keep and bear arms is a fundamental right to keep an overbearing government in check. I think that's what's happened is the Republican Party has lost everything right now, Deal said. They've lost the presidency. They've lost Congress. So they're fighting a cultural war. Your guns will be taken away. The gays will be taking over. Our democracy is hanging on by a thread right now. It really is. People should be scared right now. If they've been paying attention, they should be scared. I'm trying to prevent these radical right extremists from taking over. Uh, this all according to Deal. It wasn't clear if Deal understood that the values he is espousing are the ones in the Democratic Party platform, while the ones he condemns are part of the Republican Party platform. He insists he's part of the GOP. I am a Republican, but on social issues, I lean left, he said. I want to protect everyone. I want to help everyone, but I will not go with this rhetoric about the election being stolen. I won't stand for it. Uh, it's sad that we've gotten to the point now where the parties are so diametrically opposed. Yeah. You know, there's no middle ground anymore, it feels like sometimes. No, there's not. 
Have you ever seen it's really frustrating? Have you ever seen the the show called Adam Ruins Everything? Yes. Mm-hmm. He did an episode about politics. During that episode, he went over the partisanship and the bipartisanship over the years uh, and how years and years ago, it wasn't so separated. Uh, Democrats would vote for Republican bills that they believed were good and Republicans would vote for Democratic bills that they believed were good. And over time, that's the amount of that happening decreased to the point where it's practically at zero now. Yeah, it was pretty much in the 90s when Bill Clinton came in office where the where the bipartisanship kind of went out the window. Yeah. And I think we have one person to blame for that, and that's Mitch McConnell nowadays. Yeah, probably. You know, pretty much there. You know, he wanted to make Obama a one-term president. He wanted to, you know, I mean, he's pretty much diabolically opposed to anything that the Democrats put out, you know, even if it's good. You mean diametrically? Diabolically. Okay. <laughs> I mean, both words are okay there. But you're probably right, actually. Diametrically opposed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is uh, diabolical. Yeah, that's that's the point I was trying to get across there is that, yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty much there, he's just evil anymore. He is a very evil. You know, and, and the fact that they tried to be bipartisan in regards with that Voting Rights Act, mm-hmm. then they still turned it down. Just shows you what their true colors are. It's not they actually want to pass laws that are good for the American public. Right. It's that they just want to oppose everything that the Democrats do. Yeah. And that's basically what it comes down to. Yeah, absolutely. They that's... are just there to obstruct, you know, anything from happening. Yep. So anyways... The show has to come to an end here, and I think this is a good time to wrap it up here, Jason. So, Alrighty. Yeah, so make sure to subscribe to us. We're all great podcasts are sold. Also, check out NotStraightCast.com, which has links to our previous shows, our Facebook and Twitter pages, our Discord server, the NotStraight.store, blogs, news, and more. If you like us, please give a five-star review in your favorite podcast app. And we thank you for listening to Not Straight Cast. And as always, until next time, have a not straight one. <laughs>